Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2230. Buckle up and be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today I'm in Mooresville, North Carolina, with a very special guest by the name of Jackson Bell. Jackson, welcome to Cars Yeah! Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I'm ready to go. All right, we'll have some fun. Now, before I get started talking about you and I introduce you, I'd love for you to share maybe one little thing that people don't know about Jackson Bell. Yeah, well... I don't think anyone knows anything about me to begin with. <laughs> you're, that's because you're a young man. <laughs> other than the fact that I'm the son of Townsend, my dad. So, yes. uh, But if I had to pick one thing that people don't know about me is uh, I was born in the United Kingdom. My dad was over there racing F3000, uh, which is now F F2, um, uh-huh. right below F1. Um, and the time came for me to be born, and I was I was born in Oxford. So, oh, cool! So interesting fact. Yeah, kind of cool. I know some people. I tell I was I was actually made in Japan, so uh, yeah. which is kind of a fun fun fact for me. But uh, I remember very little of that place. So I did go back years and years later, and ended up in the same general area of, of where uh, my parents were living, which is kind of a neat deal. But do you get back to England very often? I've only been back once. Um, I moved to the States when I was about six months old. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but a good family friend of ours, Otmar Safnauer, who's the team principal at Alpine, I actually grew up next to him in Oxford or grew up for the first six months of my life. And uh, he's been a good family friend. And I, I'm, I'm good friends with his son, Finley, who's playing uh, golf at Dartmouth. Oh, wow. Uh, golfers in England for his age. And so I went back there maybe four years ago and uh, spent a week with Otmar and his family who still live in Oxford. And we toured the town and, and <laughs> went and drove by the hospital where I was born, which looks like an old castle compared to the uh, hospitals here. So, yeah. So I've only been back once. Well, no doubt you'll get back again and again as your career ramps up and you do more and more driving and, and hopefully uh, driving all over the place a lot like your dad did. So that's pretty cool. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Jackson Bell is 19 years old with a thirst to go racing. He grew up watching his father, as he mentioned, Townsend Bell, who's been a guest here on Cars Yeah, race in 10 Indy 500s and multiple endurance races, including the Rolex 24 and the 24 Hour of Le Mans. Jackson graduated high school in 2021, so he's a and graduate and spent the summer with his family before leaving for North Carolina where he is today where he landed a job with the NASCAR Truck Series team as an intern and mechanic. Having a passion for racing since he was a toddler he started his racing career in the Skip Barber Racing Series. That's where I got my racing license. There you go. Uh, I think you're going to go a lot further than I ever did. In the first part of this past December he ran his first race in a Formula 4 car at the Circuit of the Americas where he earned a podium finish in each of his two races. Congratulations. Congratulations, young man. That's very cool. His current goal is to compete next year full-time in the Skip Barber Series. We'll be back in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsors. They put some fuel in the tanks here, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. 
I've enjoyed the quality and variety of Lloyd's floor mats for decades now, and I'm super excited to report that Lloyd's Mat Store is now part of the Covercraft family of products. Car care that protects the things that move you. Lloyd's floor mats are the ultimate in quality and fit with carpet mats, all-weather mats, velour techs, Berber, classic loop carpet, and they're proudly made in the USA. They're designed and sewn with the highest of quality and offer custom fitment for almost any vehicle. There's a wide variety of styles, fabrics, and colors to choose from, and hundreds of licensed logos as well. Protect your vehicle's factory carpets from moisture, dirt, mud, snow, slush, anything that Mother Nature can throw your way. All of your options are quality made, easy to clean, they secure to the floor, and they look oh so good. Check out Lloyd's Mat Store for a wide variety of styles, colors, and options for your vehicle today. And I've got a special deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, C-A-R-S-Y-E-A-H, at lloydsmatstore.com, you'll get $10 off. Just use the code CARSYEAH at L-L-O-Y-D. M-A-T-S-S-T-O-R-E.com, LloydsMattStore.com, Covercraft and Lloyd's Mats, protecting the things that move you. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. You've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine here on Cars Yeah for a couple of years now. Well, they're growing. And in 2023, they're going to grow from four issues a year to six. And there's an opportunity here for you to take advantage of this growth. If you go to LinkageMag.com and click on the Renew button, if you already subscribe, you can get a great deal. Use the code RENEW6 for one year and you'll get six issues for the price of four or Type in Renew 12 for two years where you also have a great savings. Plus, they'll even throw in a free Linkage hat. How cool is that? The publisher of Linkage is Donald Osborne. He's been a guest multiple times here on Cars Yeah. He's become a good friend of mine. And I'll tell you, Linkage Magazine is one of those newer magazines that you're going to want to get. It's all about experiences, opinions, and values. It's a wonderful publication, something I look forward to getting. And now that I'm going to be getting six a year, even more special. So go to LinkageMag.com. Again, use the code RENEW6 or RENEW12 to get that special deal. Do it before December 31st, 2022, so that in 2023, you'll get six issues of Linkage Magazine instead of four. 
So Jackson, uh, we're back. So we're going to dive a little deeper into the corner. And I want to go back a little bit in time. Growing up with a dad who's Townsend Bell, has been in the racing world, raced, uh, commentator for sports. I mean, everybody knows who he is. No doubt, did that have a big play on this passion that you acquired as a young kid and what's led you to where you are today to want to go racing? 100%. My whole family, my dad, of course, um, but my mom's dad as well, was in the PR and marketing side of Formula One. So it was kind of, I was surrounded by it from a very young age. One of my earliest memories is is watching Formula One races with my grandfather. It must have been 2004. I was a big Fernando Alonso fan. I was really little. I was one or two years old, but I can <laughs> remember that, that blue and yellow Renault scheme of Alonso's. It, I mean, for sure, ingrained a passion in me from a young age, just watching my dad compete at a, a very high level at Indianapolis and um, <clears throat> just being around the sport. And it for sure helped fuel a passion that I have today. Did you do any kart racing when you were younger? So the funny thing is I, I never really did any actual kart races. I, I'd always have my birthday at K1 Speed and, and all those indoor karting sure. tracks. But I, me and my parents collectively never really made the commitment to uh, pursue professional karting like you see all the young kids doing today. I spent plenty of, plenty of hours out running test sessions and practice sessions out at um, Auto Club Speedway in California with Phil Giebler, who has a, a karting team out there. Um, but I never actually competed in any in any races on it, any level in go-karts. Well, this is unique, and I'd love to learn a little bit more about your decision process after graduation to head off to North Carolina and grab up a job uh, in the NASCAR Truck Series. Uh, you're doing internship mechanic work there. What What's your uh, focus, your train of path here as you start to get into racing and starting with Skip Barber? But why NASCAR Truck Series? Why'd you pick that? Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to imagine that after growing up in uh, on the coast of California that I'd end up working for a NASCAR truck team in Morrison. <laughs> I, I'm scratching my head a little bit going, this is interesting. Yeah, well, as high school um, came to a close, I was kind of looking around and and I didn't never really had any plan to go to to continue my schooling after high school. My uh, my dad dropped out of UCSB his junior year of college, never graduated. And my mom didn't go to college to pursue a acting career. I was never uh, pushed to go to go to college after high school. And so mm-hmm. my plan was to kind of get my start in the workforce and, and kind of pursue maybe a passion that I had. And I always had a, a love for racing. So the only place to be, at least there's a few places to be, but the main place to be if you want to work in racing is Mooresville, North Carolina. It's Mooresville and Indianapolis, and, and Charlotte sounded like a better better place to live than Indianapolis year-round. So I, I packed up my, my Volkswagen GTI and drove across the country and uh, <clears throat> slept on Myatt Snyder's couch for three months, the son, <laughs> of, son of Marty Snyder. He's a good family friend. Nice guy to, uh, to give you some free lodging there as you started to uh, settle your roots down. Yeah, so I uh, I slept on his couch for a little while. It was uh, I think it was a four bedroom house, and I was the fifth person. Uh oh, you got there one guy too late. Yeah, but it was <laughs> uh, it was perfect for me because everyone who lived in the house were racing drivers, and so I was surround- surrounding myself with uh, oh. with the people in the industry that I wanted to work in. Um, well, that's cool. Well, the NASCAR Truck Series, What talk a little bit about exactly what you're doing there and how you see that as a uh, transfer into finally getting into the seat and doing some driving. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I'm i working for a NASCAR truck team, and 
I basically got my start. It's so hard to get a foot in the door in the racing industry as, an, as kind of a team member or, I mean, driver, of course. But I started sweeping floors, working for free um, for the first six months, kind of just doing anything I could to have a position on a team and, and try and work my way up. So I started sweeping floors and tearing apart trucks and um, kind of slowly moved my way up into more of a, a hands-on position and assembly and, and helping out at the racetrack. And um, so I've, I've been doing that for the past year and that all those things that I've done at the race shop, uh, I think will help later down the line in my racing career as a driver, um, just because I'd I feel like I'll have a better understanding of what's going on with the car and, and giving feedback to engineers and really being able to work on, on race cars every day kind of un- helps you understand what you're actually driving, what's underneath you. What are some of the things that you've learned during this, this beginning period working for a race team that have surprised you? I'd say the biggest thing is probably how much work behind the scenes goes into actually getting a car on track. <laughs> yeah. Before I ever worked for the team, I was a spectator, like I'm, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, and and I never, I only saw kind of the product that you'd get on TV, right, which is <laughs> the car going around the track. Right. It's pretty mind blowing how how many hours these guys put in and all the effort and resources it takes to uh, to get a race car on track, and let alone get it on track, but but have it be competitive and have a chance of winning. Absolutely, you know I've heard this. Many, many times, especially based on the many racers I've had on the show, is that it's that old saying, your dad, I'm sure your dad has said this too, that many a race is won before you even get to the track, and it's in all that preparation. So uh, I think the other thing that's helped too at the racing, and we've talked about this here on Cars Yeah, is the documentary series, and I suspect you probably watched it, Drive to Survive? I have watched it, yeah. Yeah, I really believe... And it has in my home, personally with my daughter, has changed people's perspective who perhaps in the past were not interested in racing because they just saw it as the main guy, the driver, the time on the track and the champagne bottle or the, you know, the, the defeated guy who didn't quite make it or the guy who crashed. It brings this whole personality, which you're working in right now, of all the people and the struggles behind the scene. It really, I hate to call it a reality show. That's kind of what it is, but it's... To me, it's much more than that. I think they did a brilliant job. Did you like it? I did, yeah. It's a little, it, uh, maybe, I, I'm sure a lot of the viewers watch Formula One on, on a regular basis. So it's almost like you already, for me, it's like you already know what's going to happen in this show just because I've been watching all the Formula One races during the year. Um, but I thought they did a really good job just um, capturing the intensity and the and the kind of the raw nature of, of Formula One. Yeah, I think they did a great job. And more importantly, what I understand it has brought a large increase in viewership for current racing. And hopefully that will spread out into NASCAR series and all sorts of other types of series as people start to fall in love with racing because of the personal side. Uh, like my daughter, who I believe me, Jackson, I grew up raising a son and a daughter. My daughter never had any interest in cars. And now she can tell me all the drivers in F1. She can tell me who won. She'll call me on a Sunday. Hey, Dad, did you see that? And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, yeah. What? She really loves that whole aspect. So let's talk a little bit about Skip Barber Racing Series. I've had uh, the new owners of Skip Barber Racing Series. As I mentioned, I got my vintage racing license to go vintage racing years ago at Skip Barber at Laguna Seca. They run a tremendous program. Why did you decide to be a part of, I kind of I know, and those people who listen to your dad on my show, they'll know. But I want you to, to tell it from your lips. Why Skip Barber Racing? Why did you choose that series? Yeah, Skip Barber's. I mean, it's part of 
my family, of course, with my dad's history there. A few months ago when I when I was deciding to begin this journey of trying to become a racing driver, I was looking around at the different schools that were available, Lucas Oil School or um, Bertel Roos or Skip Barber. And uh, it was really tough not to choose Skip Barber just because of the reputation they have and and the uh, <clears throat> the resume of drivers that they have that they've had go to their school and then go on to do uh, great things in the sport. Quite frankly, it was an easy decision just because, like I said, my dad went there. He he has a, a history with this with the school, and um, it, it seemed like the the right fit. Absolutely. So let's talk about this most recent race. Uh, you ran at the Circuit of the Americas. Uh, great track. Did you like the track? Yeah, I did. I, I love the track. I've uh, that's I've driven Circuit of the Americas, Laguna Seca, Lime Rock, three uh, in my opinion some of the top tracks in in the country, not in in possibly the world. So uh, Circuit of the Americas is definitely up there in terms of track quality. So let's talk about the car that you're driving. What is this uh, Formula 4 car? Can you describe it to listeners, some kind of a relationship of this kind of car to other race cars? Yeah, so a Formula 4 car is theoretically, you could say it's four steps below Formula 1. On the Formula ladder, it's Formula 4, Formula 3, Formula 2, and then you reach Formula 1. So it's a it's a very junior Formula car, low horsepower, but very lightweight. So it's it's very technical teaches you a lot about kind of how to how to drive a car with a lot of downforce and, and manage dirty air on a small scale and did your dad give you some input before you started this venture into racing he did yeah he's been i've been asking him questions since i was a little kid kind of <laughs> all leading to the moment i got into a race car do you have a racing coach now that you work with I don't have a racing coach, um, I but I have a lot of really good and talented people around me that I get lots of advice from. So let's talk about your first race there, because uh, this was your first, I'll, I'll say real race. You probably run some other, uh, had some other runs, but uh, well, kind of take us through a little bit of the process as you first strapped yourself into the car, how you were feeling, uh, what the, the motions were a little bit, and then uh, how that first race went. Yeah. Well, the first race I could, I felt like I was, I was pretty well prepared. I spent a lot of time on the simulator at home on iRacing and, and, uh, I, I spent a lot of time watching video and going over previous races that's for, uh, for Skip Barber at Circuit of the Americas. And, and so I was pretty confident that I could show up and, and kind of put on a good performance. Um, so the nerves, I mean, of course I was nervous just because I was going in my first race, but it wasn't, it didn't feel overwhelming just because of how prepared I was and, and doing track days and test days with Skip Barber in the weeks leading up to the race really helped me feel prepared. So yeah, I felt, felt really prepared when I got to the track and, and, uh, race one went well finished third after qualifying third so i, I got a first got my first podium on first race and started third for the second race and and was able to make a move on uh on the kid who actually w- wound up winning the championship of the whole of the whole series for second so um that felt good and and uh to come away two for two my first race weekend i don't think i could have hoped for a better a better outcome. Congratulations. That's very cool. So let's look ahead to the new year because we're almost into the new year. What are you going to be doing? Yeah. So I'll be back, uh, running the full season with Skip Barber. Uh, it's, it's an eight, 
eight weekend, 16 race uh, schedule uh, all across the country. So we confirmed that I'll be running that full season. And then uh, this new Toyota GR Cup series that was recently announced um, has gotten my interest. And so uh, we're trying to put together a deal to, to uh, run a few races in, in that series. And then maybe some some stock car stuff, late models or ARCA racing or, or whatever that entails. I just want to be in a race car as much as possible uh, because of my lack of experience. I think it, uh, as much seat time is is definitely key for me. Well, your job there at the NASCAR trucks, are they going to give you some breaks to be able to go out and do all this? It sounds <laughs> like you're going to have a very busy year. I hope so. That, that's something I need to talk to my boss about here shortly. <laughs> there you go. Well, boss, give the kid a break, okay? Help him out a little bit. <laughs> so. Get my priorities straight. Well, yeah, lots of priorities, and that's okay. Sounds like you're going about this in a fun way. Yeah, I like to talk about challenges with my guests, what I call our uh, big challenges that created a situation of extreme learning, let's say. Even if it resulted in a failure, you can look back in a very positive way. Do you have a story that you can share with us so far? I know you're, you're still a young guy but no doubt you've come up against maybe a couple barriers on your on your trek along the way yeah i wouldn't necessarily say i have a story of challenges that i've had to face um, early on in my career it'd more have to be kind of not really knowing if i'm capable of, of becoming a racing driver if i uh it, it's more more centered around uh kind of self-doubt and not just because I, I haven't this was my first race so going into it I didn't I didn't know what to expect mm -hmm. I uh, didn't know if I was capable of even being competitive so I'd say the biggest challenge I've faced is just doubting my ability and doubting myself just because I I have no information to base it off of, really. Yeah, you're so new at it. Has there been anything from that emotional side, and maybe emotional is the wrong side, but let's say mental, from that mental side that your dad's been able to help you think about a way to deal with that? Because I don't think this is anything unique for most racers. I always have said racing is one of those, one weekend you're a champion, the next weekend you're a chump. And right. <laughs> I say that with tongue in cheek, but I think you know what I mean. You just, you know, you're the top of your game, the day you're at the top of your game and then it's kind of a start over a reset has your dad given you any of kind of a, a mental coaching on how to deal with that as you move forward through your career yeah i think just trying to instill the belief and confidence in myself that he thinks i'm talented he wouldn't he wouldn't be helping me try and get to a, a position in racing where i can be successful if he didn't think i was i had the talent or had the capability just having his belief in myself really helps me um, kind of wrap my head around the fact that I can do it and it is possible. And so that that's that's really been some of the ways that he's he's helped me help me believe in myself. So if you could look way down the track, which is what you should do anyway, right? Yeah. And look at your career years ahead. What are some of the uh, the top level choices that you'd like to see yourself in uh, as your career progresses? Maybe not in the near future, but in the far future. Yeah, uh, my dream is to race and win the Indianapolis 500 um, just because of the history there with my family and um, just growing up going to that race. It's it's such a big part of my passion for the sport that uh, it would be my dream to, to get a chance to qualify for the race. Um, Absolutely. I'd love to race everything. I mean, I, I'd like to be in a position where I can win. I'm not not really interested in just competing. I, I want to give myself a chance to win. 
And so whether that's in sports cars or stock cars or formula cars, wherever I believe I have the best chance to win, um, that's where I want to be 10 years down the line. Other than your father, of course, do you have an Indy 500 driver, an Indy driver that you really look up to? Yeah, growing up, I watched my dad race and watching uh, some of his his competitors. I was always a fan of uh, Thomas Schechter. I don't know if you remember that name. Wow. Yeah, there's one that that's, <laughs> I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah, he was he was my dad's teammate uh, back when my dad raced for Panther in in the Indy Racing League, and Thomas was always very nice to me as a kid, and and he was kind of a wild man on track, which I loved because he was super exciting to watch. Thomas Schechter, uh, Paul Tracy, he's he's yeah. a good he's a good friend of ours. I loved his aggression, his personality back when he was racing. So those are a few. Paul was a guest here on the show this past year, and of course, he was one of those racers that uh, is always very controversial uh, when you think back to him. I mean, he pushed he pushed a lot, a lot of buttons, but he made a lot of a, a presence known, and of course, that uh, oh, that whole debacle Indy 500 where, I don't know, in my opinion, he should have won that race. He, he should have been declared, but nah. Stuff happens, so uh, what can you do? I think there's a term that goes, that's racing. So yeah, unfortunately he fell uh, fate to that. So let's talk about special vehicles in your life. This could be the race car you just got in, or it could be a car that's special to you, or could be a car that you remember from the past that your dad's associated with that really stands out. Take us on a little, little ride here. Well, I, I've only owned one street car in my life and that's a Volkswagen GTI. Nice. I like those. Which is a great car. Yep. Got me from Los Angeles to Charlotte with no issues. So Great. I love that car. Um, but a, a car that probably holds a more special place with me is is the original Skip Barber car. Like the uh, Skip Barber just recently acquired these Formula 4 cars. Um, and before that, they were much different. They ran on street tires and uh, had a Dodge Neon motor and was completely different to drive than the uh, than the Formula 4 car that I'm driving today. Um, so that, that old Skip Barber car holds a special place in my heart because before I ever went to a Skip Barber school in a Formula 4 car, I went to a Skip Barber school, a, a three-day beginner school at Laguna Seca probably six years ago when I was 13 years old and got to drive that uh, drive that older Skip Barber chassis, which was, which was a, a great car to learn in. I'm pretty sure that's the one they were using when I got my racing license, and I did their three-day school in that. And the time I went, they also had a Viper school, so we did a three-day open-wheel school in that pretty much that same car. And then we did a one-day Viper school car where we got to do a lot of skid pad stuff and drifting and take it out on the track. And then I got to go to uh, Road America and do another three-day school there, same thing. Uh, in a, the same kinds of cars, and yeah, those were kind of fun. How how would you how would you describe what that was like? That older Skip Barber race car. It was uh, some some that I've never felt before in a car. It um it it's the only car I've driven where the only way to go through a corner was on power because yeah, rear end always wanted to to lift off the ground and come around, so you always had to keep the car planted. And I was I was twelve or thirteen years old, so I had absolutely zero idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, so it was definitely a, a good learning experience. I mean, I, I made a ton of mistakes, flat spotted a bunch of tires, but it really taught me uh, how to drive a car uh, consistently. 
they had a great program. They had great instructors, and uh, uh, I really enjoyed it. And of course, love Laguna Seca. I've been there many times to watch races, and specifically the historic races during Car Week. And got to go around in cars, be a passenger in cars, and drive cars. Even got to drive a street car there one time. So yeah, pretty fun stuff. Well, I'm going to be your car psychologist. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here, Jackson. If okay. you were reincarnated, pun intended as a car could be a race car too uh, not what you want to be though this is how you perceive the kind of personality you are in some type of vehicle what would you be and why that's a tough one my personality is uh, i feel like i'm i'm pretty quiet and reserved and and uh kind of um a very observant so i i'd say definitely something not not super flashy or over the top i'd I'd probably say maybe I'd be more like a Tesla. Like I'm quiet, but I'm fast. <laughs> you know what I mean, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and good for the new age here with electric cars coming right. on strong. Yeah. You know, and while we're on the subjects, I want to get your opinion because I, I, I just had a guest on the show recently who's a 29 year old. He's uh, got a company over in London, uh, electric vehicle company. And I started asking some of my younger guests this question because I love your opinion on it. EVs, what's your opinion on this massive push into the world of electric vehicles? Yeah, I think from from a, a customer standpoint, I, I've always enjoyed driving and being a passenger in an electric vehicle. It's quite a peaceful experience, <laughs> no sound, especially mm-hmm. a road trip or or whatever. Um, so from a, a customer standpoint, I, I like the idea of it. Um, but I hope that it's it's many years down the line before they ever introduce a fully electric race car. I'm not a fan of the Formula E concept. Um, I think what makes race cars so great and, and something that got me hooked from a young age was, was the sound and smell of, of the motors. So from a from a consumer standpoint on the on the street, I have no problem with them. I, I enjoy riding in them and driving them. But from a racer's mind, I I, I hope we uh, hope we stick to gasoline. Yeah, I like the sounds too, most definitely. So, is there a great book that you've read you'd like to share? We love books here at Cars, yeah. Yeah, a book that I really enjoyed reading was The Sheer Force of Willpower, which is a book about the IndyCar driver Willpower. It talks about his story and his journey from. Growing up as a young kid with, with not a whole lot and him and his dad going go-karting over there and, and then making his way over to the States where he, where he uh, of course, had a ton of success in open-wheel racing. Well, I don't think anyone's ever recommended that book, and I can't remember the last time I heard his name mentioned, so you brought a new one to Cars. Yeah, I appreciate that. What a name for a book title like that, Will Power, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, that worked out great. So uh, The Ultimate Drive... I'm going to enable you to go on the ultimate drive. I'm going to buy you any vehicle. If you want a race car and you want to take it on a track, we can do that. If you want to go on a street ride, uh, I know in our pre-show chat, you talked about you and your dad going on a motorcycle ride together. Um, So I'm going to buy you anything you want. Uh, You can go with anybody you want, including somebody from the past or even somebody who's no longer with us, which that opens up the world. So what does the ultimate drive or ride look like for you? Yeah, I'd have to go with car, a track, and a race. Okay. And that'd be... Uh, Dale Earnhardt Sr. at Talladega in, in a big pack of 40 Winston Cup cars. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I think that would be a, a <laughs> just for sure a once-in-a-lifetime experience. I can't imagine uh, back in the day with how little uh, safety measures they had and uh, the speeds they were traveling. And, of course, Dale Sr. at the wheel. I think that would be special. 
Uh, yeah, no kidding. Hold on. Buckle up. Holy cow. That would be, that'd be crazy. I don't know if I could do that one or not. I don't drive too well in the right seat. Um, I've, I've been in two cars on tracks in the right seat that crashed. And yeah. so I don't get in car other people's cars on, on tracks anymore. I don't know if it's me or just them, but uh, it doesn't work out very well. So one of them, we ended up upside down. So uh, there you go. So you've taken us on a fun ride today. And Jackson, uh, thanks for sharing this uh, beginning part of your life journey in racing. I hope to have you back sometime, maybe a couple of years down the road. And we'll talk about successes and all the fun cars you're doing and the things you're doing. But it's fun for me to have somebody who's just starting out in a passion career of their choice and the fact that it's a father-son deal that's been here. I've had several father, father-sons, father even some uh, father racers and daughters, Lonnie Anderson, uh, Lonnie Unser, I should say. Lonnie Unser was one of them. So uh, I had an Unser on the show as well. So I think that's cool. Before you let you go, though, could you share parting words of in- wisdom or inspiration with us? Yeah, um, I'd say if, if there's any aspiring drivers out there that are maybe on the older spectrum, like myself, I'm, I, I mean, I'm 19, but it feels like I'm feels like I'm getting a late start in this uh, career path. So I'd say if, if if you feel like it's too late to start a career in racing or start a career in any sport, but especially racing, I'd say it's it's never too late just because it's there's so many different paths you can take. You don't have to be a Formula One champion. Uh, you can do local club racing, but I, I'd encourage anyone who, who's ever thought about uh, beginning a career in racing to, uh, just to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Get out there and have some fun. How can people follow you, Jackson? Yeah, so uh, social media, Instagram, Twitter, it's uh, just my name, Jackson Bell. Um, so it'd be great if you'd give me a follow and help me help me boost my profiles. There you go, listeners. Uh, let's help out a young racer meet his goals. And Jackson spells his name J-A-X. O-N, last name Bell. That's an easy one, so you can follow him. I'll put links on his show notes page. Jackson, thanks for spending some time with me today. I wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. All right, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!